and welcome to the first ever episode of the new year, 2021 of Mega Squad Pod. I'm your host, Cal, and joining me as ever is the amazing Wiggy. Hello there. You always have a bit of a pause before you say hello, I've noticed. I was actually eating a biscuit then. <laughs> oh, I do apologise. <laughs> what kind of biscuit is it? <laughs> it's a uh, chocolate digestive. It's really nice, actually. Oh, strong choice. Milk or dark? Milk this time, but I have a packet of dark. Dark's always the way to go, unless you don't like dark I chocolate, like in which case... Yeah. Don't go that way. Get on. That's in our next podcast, the Mega Biscuit Pod. The Mega Biscuit Pod. <laughs> and we're not on our own this time, Wiggy, because we are joined by the Retro G with a Retro T that is Gav. Hello. Here he is. You might so, remember uh, Gav. There. The, the Amazing Wiggy, is that like the Amazing Spider-Man, but... <laughs> I don't it's know. not as powerful. Shitty powers. Shitty powers, mate. Um, yeah. I can basically do anything that a wiggy can do, which means I can sit on people's heads and make them look different styles. That could Useless. go in a very dark <laughs> way. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Gav. You might remember Gav from the Christmas episode that we did of Mega Squad Pod. And he's already... Fucking ruining right. our podcast. For fuck's sake, my mum just texted me. Having a quick... <laughs> Jesus Gav's mum, if you're listening to this, COVID why updates. did you have to text him? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a typical... <laughs> oh, mum. <laughs> do, do you want to start it all again? No, let's carry no, on. Let's carry uh, on. Let's we'll keep, keep going. Mum. Mum. Oh, mum. I'm self-oscillating. I'm fine. <laughs> Well, welcome everyone. Did you just else. I say self oscillating. Yeah, because I'm a musician, so I self oscillate, not self isolate. <laughs> Perfect. Well, welcome everyone That's else basically... who's listening as well. Um, uh, Gav's basically like a bad smell now. He really enjoyed the Christmas thing, and we just can't get rid of him. Uh, yeah, afraid so. To me, yeah. is a good thing. It's a it's a more of a pleasant Thanks, smell mate. than a bad smell. We Thanks. we were very um a very nice smell. Stop being nice. This podcast is not about being nice, Cal. <laughs> I think it you're is if you've got a guest. I think it's like isn't it caring the community or diversity or whatever having this having like an old git like me on it. Yeah, something like that. It is. We, we do want to hear about yeah. gaming in the eighties. Yeah. Eighties. <laughs> <laughs> good God. 10 p ago. Had time for that. He was working. Day. <laughs> it's down the mine. <laughs> well, without further ado, let's kick things off. So our first thing that we're going to come to is our main topic of discussion that we have every week. Um, and I thought this time, because it's the start of a new year, let's talk about what this year's going to bring for gaming. Like, hasn't got to be factual. It could be just our thoughts of what we think, but... What do you guys reckon? Because we're going into this in a, another lockdown. We've just started a new lockdown in, in the UK. Um, UK? And yeah, it's, it's, it's going to look weird for gaming. Some people might find it amazing because they got more time on their hands to play games. But is it also going to be a bit of a hit on the industry because they're not going to be able to get the games out in time? Don't say that. Don't say Things that. Like that. What do you guys reckon? Is there any thoughts? Like, <clears throat> I think... We're definitely going to see games push back again. I think that's unavoidable. I think there are still going to be some that that are pushed back. There are quite a few that were already pushed back, though, which I guess is is a benefit because it means that 
were going to get those because they had to push them back because they were due out last year. So I think that's kind of on the flip of it, maybe. But <laughs> yeah, there's the the thing is there's not many. I've only recently done my research. Like, don't quote me on this, but I don't think there are many UK <laughs> Just quickly studios. Quickly type it in. <laughs> <laughs> there are not many UK studios. I think that are due to release and a lot of European studios, for example, they're not under such strict lockdown measures. And, you know, many States in the United States are not under strict measures yet. Obviously we don't know what's going to happen, but um, I think, I don't think it will be as many pushed back as, as 2020, but I think there will still be some victims. I can see that. Do you think polyphony will actually deliver a Gran Turismo for the PS5 this year? It's a two-sided question. And will it be as disappointing as every other one? <laughs> hey, yes, Gran Turismo 2. Gran Turismo 2. Number two. Oh, boss. Yeah. I, yeah. As, as a massive lover of Gran Turismo, um, even though I'm always feeling like I've been let down, the biggest thing I am looking forward to this year, this year pre-COVID, was no, I don't mean I'm gonna look forward to COVID. I don't want COVID. Um, I was, <laughs> I was looking, really looking forward to COVID. No, I was really looking forward to was a decent racing game. Uh, I might have mentioned it before, um, to you guys before how I'm, I'm always never satisfied with the racing games on the PlayStation. And no, PlayStation always take a bit well. of a hit, yeah, like Forza, Forza's oh. like phenomenal, yeah. Like, mm. I reckon you should invest in an Xbox just for that, Gav. Just for that, to yeah. To be fair, you could invest in an Xbox One because they're relatively cheaper now because there's an, just yeah. to experience Forza. Yeah. Just saying. But Forza's yeah. always been at the top of the, the racing game. It's just, especially the Horizon games, I'm not mm. so much into the simulation uh, driving games, but I do like the more arcadey races. And Forza Horizon have just, they've taken the best thing inspiration of- from like Outrun and things like that. And they've yeah, just yeah. made yeah. this lovely little... Say the best thing about Horizon, yeah, not little, the Horizon games is that they took everything they learned from their simulation games and made like an open world simulation racer. So yes, it's kind of built around this mythical festival that they have, and obviously you can mythical. <laughs> it sounds like it's <laughs> dragons and unicorns and stuff like that. That's the racer I want to play. <laughs> Dragon Racer, yes. Oh, hang on, we could have a gap in the market here. Like, oh, I think we do. Yeah. Gonna pile together Mega Squad Pod Studios. Dragon Racer. If only we could have a program. That could be a next branch, couldn't it? Yeah. No, Where's Moby? A... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Moby's a programmer. Let's get him in. Um, but no, I, I, I agree with you. It's... Going back ever so slightly to what you were saying earlier, Wiggy, with. Um, there not been a lot of UK studios. I mean, that's all well and good, but in terms of the distribution side of it, are they going to be able to get a lot of their games out? And I know we've got digital downloads and digital stores that you can buy a lot of the stuff off, but if people want to have physical copies, me being one of those people, like I do like to have physical copies of games, um, yeah. but... I'd be happy with the digital version if I had to, but there are still some people out there who want a physical version and that's going to delay quite a bit. So do you reckon companies are going to turn around and say, look, you can have a digital version now or you can wait a few months and we'll do a disc version? 
or do you think they would just delay everything and bring it out at the uh, that would be to be fair that's not a bad operating model um, because you know PC have proved it and digital sales last year went through the roof on console as well Um, and I think to be honest I don't know if we I'm pretty sure we we breached this conversation before in a previous episode but I think we have I think the the way the market is going is that you know disc games days are numbered. Um, I know loads of people will be like, "No, Wiggy, no, don't do that, no." But <laughs> if you think like I reckon, in five years, most people will be digital ownership, and even then, in five years, I wouldn't be surprised if we were all, you know. Game Pass and PlayStation had their own Game Pass and, and nobody's buying games, you know? Like, everybody's just paying monthly for them. 100%. Um, but then the, the, then the thing just... is, they're not bringing us... They're not giving us enough hard drive space. Yeah, all right, you can put external hard drives in, but that's not the same. I don't want to have a, a bloody great hard drive plugged into my console. I want to have just the console as it is. And when it comes to downloads, I love the Switch for the reason that you can just change the memory card. That's something that's not on show. It doesn't take two seconds and you can store stuff on there and just flip between them. And it's a handheld hybrid. So it's nice to have everything download if you're going to be using it in handheld. Yeah. But, you know, a big thing for me is I like to have a disc because it doesn't take up as much room in some cases. I know the way that discs are going now, it's probably going to be the same amount. Sony Uh, saw this coming because you can put in uh, a PCI SSD into the into the um, PlayStation 5. So you could go out and buy a two terabyte PCI like you would for your PC and pop it into your PS5. And you need to make sure it's compatible first of all, but they're saying like <clears throat> the new Samsung one, which is out this month, which I'm getting from a PC, that will work, for example. And that's two terabytes. Like that's why I think Sony, because they're usually pretty ahead of the curve, aren't they, with what they think they're going to need to do. Like with, when they launched the PS4, they made the hard drive removable because they predicted that people would want more stuff on their hard drives. And lo and behold, people started buying hard drives and putting them in. So this time they've gone, cool. So the future of like SSDs is is PCI. Let's put that ability in the PS5. And I think that's that will speak quite a lot to the way that the market will go. I think it's important to um, acknowledge that uh, like people's preference uh, upon whether they want something tangible or something or something downloaded um, isn't probably the the most driven factor for it. I think you know you've seen it in all industry manufacturing and stuff um, that uh, looking at the ecological impact uh, of industry and creating stuff that needs to be broken down and recycled. It's happened everywhere else. I mean, look at the way that music's gone. That's, that's gone to streaming and it partially that's because, um, you know, culture's dictated that way, but I'm also, it costs less. No, that is a good show. I'd never thought of it in that sort of sense that, I mean, I, even then I'm like, if I really like a band, 
I like to get the CD. I like to mm. get the physical version. But the stupid thing is, is I, I don't ever listen to it. Mm. Um, I'm saying, yeah. which is silly, really. But I, I kind of want to show my my love for that that band and and say, no, this is your money. Um, you know, here you go. I, I think the sentiment um, that is, you know, is ro- the romantic sentiment um, is, you know, people people out there would, you know, agree with you on mass, you know. But mm. um, I mean, as a musician, you know, what you say is to me is what a musician would want to hear and i'm sure like a games developer would love the idea of people wanting to buy hard hardware um hardware version hard copies of stuff because they make more money um but i don't think we kind of have a choice you know, the other thing we've got to think about is is it's not sustainable is it that moving yeah exactly and uh, those like plastic cases they if people because a lot of people with hard copies for example not so much in the UK, I don't think, but I see a lot of it like on YouTube with Americans and stuff. They have those like cases where they just put their discs in and then they can take the discs out and stuff, um, which means they've thrown the, the cases away somewhere. You know what I mean? And that ends up yeah. on a, a dump uh, or hopefully on a dump, but, you know, somewhere worse. And we're just not, you know, we're not making cardboard boxes for computer games you know the, the physical plastic boxes and it's yeah. just from an environmental point of view it's also unsustainable you know making you've raised this, a really good point there back in the day when i was a nipper <laughs> buying games for the commodore 64 i was actually thinking earlier they used to be really big boxes um and isn't it great that like they've come down in size but you've just mentioned about what they're made of all the games come in cardboard boxes Mm, they should way do. too big but they PC came with like games. manuals and stuff but yeah they were like these massive great things and you get this little tiny tape in the middle you know that you pop into your tape deck to play but it's like being... floppy disk as well yeah, they, they were biodegradable yeah because mm. the, the the thing that you'd remember like in the the early days of pc as well i remember picking up sim city floppy disk but the box for it the cardboard box yeah. was like four times the size of the floppy disk yeah fucking like... huge <laughs> I mean that's a, that is a good show. It's, I think yeah, that I can, was I can because see the benefit. I think in those days it was because you didn't have the internet for advertising. So the bigger the box, the more space it took up on a shelf, the more chance people will see it. Um, whereas now, you know, the visual presence isn't so important. They're just all racked up, aren't they? Yeah. I mean that's very true. Like when thinking back, I think it was only until you started to get to like the PlayStation. Is it that they they became plastic or were the Saturn the Saturn? I think the Saturn and Mega the Drive was plastic. Dreamcast. Mega Drive was plastic. Oh, the Mega Drive was plastic. Oh, I'm lying entirely. But Nintendo, I know a lot of theirs was um, cardboard. Yeah, Amiga was cardboard. The N64 yeah. and stuff. Like, ST was cardboard. Yeah, I mean, I suppose Pre- Nintendo stayed cardboard for quite a long time. I think. It was yeah, like they did. Sega went to uh, uh, plastic because I remember yeah. like. All of my Mega Drive games, pretty sure yeah. all of them were plastic. Was the inside of the boxes for the SNES games were were, were they plastic inside cardboard or were they all cardboard? I don't know. There, oh. that's a good shape. If anyone's uh. got one, please tell us. <laughs> Email in, <laughs> comment on the us. Facebook group, something like that. Comment on the tweet Facebook us. group. Let us know, please, because yeah. I can't actually remember that. These no, really hard-hitting topics that that need answers. So, do you reckon people would 
so do you reckon they would still do that and maybe go for a like a cardboard approach or do you reckon they would just completely wipe nah. out discs eventually nah. and then go for digital only no i mean there's so much more um uh uh in uh interest in in trying to do the right thing ecologically um that i think the environmental impact um is so more prevalent that i I don't think companies would even go down that way Mm. i think we will like i had wiki said earlier we'll definitely end up all all have cloud-based accounts with whatever console or cross consoles who knows what's going to be like but uh, because if you think about it like steam yeah i know that like pc but i obviously bought new pc but then my last pc as well i just got everything on steam and now you've got epic store and you've got blizzard and you've got they've got all their storefronts where you physically buy the thing but you know it's in a library and you can download it re-download it and all of that like there's no i don't even have a disk drive i don't know many people that probably have a disk drive in their pcs these days you know like one i would have nowhere for it to go but (laughs) there's no need for it yeah no it's a good point i mean to be honest i do agree with you guys i reckon a lot of things are just going to go digital now um but it's always interesting to get a a couple of perspectives on it and see what people think and i saying about the physical copies and things like that i think a lot of it is psychological for me because having a disc in your hands you think yeah this is mine Mm. and yet when you see it on a hard drive or something you think "Mm, could that be taken away you know well you know what i mean like you, you look at it digitally on a console and you think, is that mine? Um, and I always think it with things like PlayStation Plus and stuff like that. And I can understand that's slightly different. But you look at it and you think, I'm renting that game, it feels like. It's not actually my game to physically hold. Um, but I think that's just a psychological approach to it. I think also it's that legacy of thinking like, you know, when you buy something, it's yours to do with when you decide you don't want it anymore. You know, you can hand it down to somebody else um, or you can pick it up. At a, so you can pick something up at a car boot sale, like, you know, um, and think, oh, brilliant. I can get some more life out of this. But you're not going to be able to do that, like, with a license. Yeah. Fair, I think what will probably happen is it could happen the same with music, for example. So we could have it where in 10 years time, like, Mega Drive style cartridges will come back because it will be that niche thing that you know you own a cartridge with a game on it. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. But who knows? Or is it that thing of do we need the the boxes to be as big as they are? Like, look at the Switch. Switch is a prime example. Yes, they've they've um, reduced the size of the the boxes compared to like a PS4 and an Xbox One. But there's still a lot still of packing could be in smaller. There. Yeah. Yeah. Like look at the size of the cartridge that comes with it. Do you need all that space to have it just sat on your shelf or just to sell a couple more copies? Like you don't necessarily need all of that space to house that little cartridge inside. Um I seriously think it's 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 more to do with advertising. Um yeah. that, than you know functionality. I mean, the re- I think that there's a there's a probably a tipping point where all of a sudden if it's too small, it's not going to be seen. Um, then the value they would put into like marketing it, creating the artwork, manufacturing it, you know, it's not going to pay its own dividend, is it? So I think, yeah, I don't think we'll, we'll, we'll see there. that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's a nice well, idea. 
Yeah, it is, it is a nice idea. I mean... Romanticised, isn't it? It's not going to happen this year, really, is it? But hopefully in the next few years, like, you next. might start to see a bit more of a... Um, a, a, like a better approach to packaging and, and things like that. Not that it's too bad at the minute, but it'd be nice to see things get reduced ever so slightly plastic. just to be a bit, yeah, be a bit more eco-friendly. I'd be I'd happy be... with a biodegradable case. Like yeah, if someone too. went, yeah. this is a biodegradable case, I'd be like, I will buy that cased game. Like, mm. like a disc uh, in between two pieces of bread. Yes, <laughs> disc sandwich. I'd, I'd do that. Can't have them buttered. Can't have them buttered. No, no. <laughs> well, it could, this could be in a like a like a tissue sleeve, um, and then inside a sandwich of your choice. Lovely. So then, if you get Ooh, something sandwich. like Final Fantasy VII and you got multiple discs, is it like a like one of the ones you get at Boots, where it's got like the club sandwich, the triple yeah. the triple yeah. selection? Yeah, club sandwich. Yeah, perfect. You can or also you can get, get decent sandwiches from other providers, such as Sainsbury's Tesco's. and other providers. Another <laughs> you reckon they do it in a way of like you can get the ones as well where it's like uh different fillings so you've got like a prawn and mayo and then a chicken and something like, do you reckon they'll do that so you get like a selection of ps4 games ps4 i've you just bought the uh ps8 games and then like <laughs> you, you don't know what you're gonna get until you open it up when you get home and you think oh i'll be down for that ps8 i'll be dead by then if we go on the current cycle yeah, I think we're we'll all like eight years. Yeah, no, no, that's true. That's very true. Um, I might still be here. I'll just be a frail, frail old man. <laughs> Doing a podcast on his own. Only if you're still self-isolating. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so going back to like self-isolating COVID and stuff like that, um, do you think a lot of game developers are going to learn from last year to keep on track with their current releases? And to keep on track with making sure that everything's released at the right time, or do you think there's think, still going to be well, lots of delays, like Wiggy said? The thing is, demand uh, normally drives uh, your business anyway. And what we've seen statistically is that more and more people are, have been turning to, to playing games uh, over this period, um, well, over the last twelve months uh, and ongoing, in order to, uh, I suppose, keep themselves busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, than ever before. Um, so, I mean, especially, I mean, I can only know, say, from the UK's perspective. Uh, so, if we assume that that's global, that people are playing more games, then the need outweighs anything. So, I would, I would assume that they would pull the stops out, wouldn't they? Yeah. No, I, I, I very much reckon so. I. It's tricky because you want people to have a, a safe working environment. You want people to have a healthy work environment. I think a lot of companies are going to turn around and go, okay, so we did this last year. That seemed to work quite well. Um, we'll just, we won't give short release dates or, mm. you know, we'll, we'll over, um, if I was a game company, I would sort of over, um, oversell the, the release date. And then if it is ready in time, it's like, oh, actually, we're going to bring it forward a little bit. That's more um, of a nice surprise in a way than if you just had, yeah, it's going to be delayed for another three months. It's going to be delayed for another month, a couple more weeks, guys. You know, I think that's what a lot of game companies really need to sit down this time and say and think, right, okay. Now that we've had 
this global pandemic, everyone's been affected. We haven't been able to work in the same environments as we normally work. Do we still be slightly ambitious with a lot of our releases and say that, yes, they'll be coming out sooner? Or do we just say it's it's coming out next year or it's coming out further than you expect? Because that's what I would do. I would say it's coming out a lot later than it actually is. But I don't know what you guys guys really think. I, I would I'm... tell everyone it's already out. Yeah. <laughs> Curveball. It's out. It's out. No. So it's, if they said, where, why haven't we got it in the shop? Say, so, yeah, well, they have. Yeah. They have. Simple as that. Say, saying that, though, I love it when there's a, sh- a shadow drop. I love it when companies do a shadow drop. Like Nintendo are quite famous for doing it on their directs. They say like, oh, and this will be available shortly after the presentation. You think, oh, fucking hell, that's amazing. Mm. Um, and, you know, some people might not have money at the time, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to get money back, that people will just buy it when they get paid. And the people who can buy it straight away, it's like, shit, well, I was actually going to wait for that game coming out next week, but this one's out now. I'll just get that. They could just yeah. go totally dark. Go total sort of like communist blackout, and then just yeah. we it just it's just all rumor mill. So when everything's come out, it's amazing. Whether it comes out tomorrow or if it comes out in six years' time, you mm. just it's always just... you know the, the anticipation comes from the underground. Yeah, I think I'd um, I'd love to like troll people and just be like, we've had to cancel it. We've laid everyone <laughs> off in the studio. Game's not coming out anymore. <laughs> it's dead in the water. And then two months later, be like, here it is, the game. And everybody be like, what? Ta-da. Yeah. I, I seriously think like, I mean, I know we, we, we kind of like digress and come all the back again. I, I really do believe like what we were talking about at the start there with regards to digital releases kind of makes the most sense and yeah. kind of ticks every box with regards to like meeting demand, um, the most uh, um, safe way of working because like, you could imagine maybe like it's going to be easier for social distancing um, or working remotely for the studio than it is for the manufacturing side mm. so you wouldn't be surprised if unfortunately that side of the industry takes a hit uh to make sure that the needs of the the, the end user uh, gets the, gets those games 100 percent. and if we do say about this like the shadow drops and things like that mm. digital is going to be the way to do that you can just instantly put it on there and say here you go that's mm. this is our game enjoy it um and it does cut down slightly on costs for for manufacturing as well and like you said, it's it, they might not be able to social distance and things like that. It's a very good point, Gav. Mm. So in terms of um, the the big shows that come out this year, so obviously E3 is the biggest one that everyone around the world probably tunes into if you like your video games. Um, and Gamescom happens in Germany. We've got one here, which is EGX, the Eurogamer Expo. Do you think any of those are going to go ahead or do you think they would do a slightly different way of doing it? I think they're going to do the same as right? they did this year. I think yeah. they'll do digital again. I think depending on what you know, social distancing is or vaccine situation is, they may do reduced numbers where you have to buy a ticket and it's not so much you go into a big expo hall and you just walk around. I think it would be like theatres and you buy a ticket and you go into the theatre and they can keep it socially distanced. Mm. Um, But I think most of it will be online because a lot of the big companies have proved you can still have an amazing online event 
Yeah. Like, it's just, you know. I know I Microsoft keep saying about it. Him. Sony approved it. I, I know I keep. It. I know I keep bringing it back to them, but look at what Nintendo have been doing for years, for a couple of years now. They bring out those little directs. Yeah, all right. They need to bring out a proper one soon, rather than the little ones. But you know they've been doing it for ages, and the the storm that that brings up is just amazing. People love the directs. I love the directs. Um, because they are little mini E3s throughout the year. So I think loads of companies might look that way. But does it mean it's going to be the death of E3, Gamescom, EGX? Nah, they'll come back. You reckon? Dude, dude, it's in our, it's our human nature to want to connect uh, at the end of the day. Um, and that's something that, uh, you know, you can bet money on. So, you know, from a marketing point of view, you guarantee that as soon as like we're able to be able to get out there and, and, and meet each other and share in like physical experiences, um, then then game on. It'll be right back again. No pun intended. Yeah. I, See, mean, I mean, you said about going online. Who's to say that things might end not might go one step further temporarily and end up like um, on TV networks? Yeah. yeah, I mean they they used to. I don't know if they still do. And people will probably be shouting at us. For not knowing, but I'm sure they did used to broadcast some of the like E3 events and things like that. It's changing now as well, though, isn't it? If you think about it, it's all about Twitch and YouTube, and they, yeah. and they release them live on there. Like that's where the future's going. I think there'll be a lot of events where people are just like, "Cool, join us on our Twitch channel." Like all the big devs have Twitch mm. channels now. You know what I mean? Like and YouTube channels, and I think it's going to be that. And then they trickle in their trailers and stuff and they can just drop them on their channel. They can do live chats. They can get in famous Twitch players or, you know, YouTubers to play elements of the game and have a chat with them. You know, that's the that's the way forwards, I think. I, and if anybody wants to hire us to do that, <laughs> we are available. <laughs> Seven days a week. <laughs> Um, I, I'm going to be brutally honest. I, I am fearful for, especially E3. I don't think EGX and things like that will, will go so much, but especially E3, I, I'm fearful that that's going to die. I really am. Because I don't think it will. But it's the conferences that, that make E3. EGX have got the, the booth where you can go and play the games. E3 have got that. But the big thing with E3 is that big name developers go there these big companies go to stand on stage in front of a large audience and present their new games and new titles that are coming out. And that's, if they're going to start doing the Nintendo approach, then E3 will change. I think the way that it will have um, is E3 will change and it will change for the better. They'll take a new framework because they'll need to invite people back. Let's hope so. I think you're right. Only time will tell with with what's going to happen. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. I see what you did there. You see what I did? Because I did see audience, what you did. What the audience don't, don't know. know. They don't know. We had a little bit of a break. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Cal perfectly timed it, but I just felt like I needed to call it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, the thing with Zoom I, is we're not paying to have the full experience. So we have to do it in 40 minute increments. Um, <laughs> so so, so Cal, 
what did you do in your little break? What was your what was your little thing to uh? To uh so I week? in my break I, I went and had a wee. Oh nice. And nice. I decided to go and grab myself an orange and passion fruit J two O. Oh get on. Oh I'm, I'm posh. I'm posh. Got a, see, got a pub not just squash. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's <laughs> a pub drink. I have not got a pub. By the way. <laughs> That's what I thought. It takes me back to my youth of sitting down in Harvester, playing on my my DS for my birthday meal, and having a J two O to sip with a straw. But I haven't got a straw. I'm a big man, now. big boy. Were, were you you weren't like you were accompanied by an adult, I assume. Not that J two O. No, I just wandered in on my own. Just wandered in. Yeah, just wandered in on my own. It's like, yeah, I'll have that, please. Cowbelly big balls walks into the pub. <laughs> that, I'll have it, a DS. Have you got an adult with you? And a shot of whiskey. <laughs> I want, we I want so my Mario Mario Worlds, please. <laughs> Actually, it was Beautiful Joe Double Trouble, if you must know, uh, that my uncle lovingly Pokemon White. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys then? What did you do? Oh, or, or as Wiggy described, uh, he was going to uh, put the piss on and have a kettle. Yeah. Before he went. Uh, but so the good did news you do is that? I got it the right way around. I put the kettle on and I had a piss. Very good. Um, I'm we, sure people and, uh, want to know that we took pisses during our break. <laughs> Gav, what did this you week do? on did Mega you... Squad Quad? Quad? <laughs> Quad? <laughs> it's all gone to shit. What did you do, Gav? Did you just sit uh, and... I just uh, readjusted my microphone. That's not a euphemism. Hey! Uh, hey. I dropped my phone, uh, noodled on the guitar a little bit, and just waited for you two loons, really. Get yeah. on. When well, you we're get back to my now. age, mate, you don't need to get up. Uh, unless you really need to get up. So, you know, I thought, well, for five minutes, I'm just staying put. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll remember that. I'll remember that for when I get a little bit older. And I say I get a little bit older because Wiggy's uh, pretty much there. So <laughs> we haven't got a video. Not wrong. Him, so. <laughs> Not wrong. Not wrong. So moving on. I just live in, I just live in the dream that I'm not as old as Gav. True. We're going to scale. So... I pained that I'm not as young as you, but also happy <laughs> I'm not as old as Gav. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Well, that, well, that was a little bit about what we reckon um, some of the new year in video games is going to bring. Obviously, there's going to be new titles, new games uh, being released and bit. announced. Mm. But uh, yeah, should we move on to? Games this year? Are we doing games this year or games this uh, month? Uh, that's going to be a little bit later on, unless you guys want to do upcoming games this month that you want to talk about. Don't want to mess up oh, your would, agenda. Or would you open. like to do the top three? Let's do top three. Top Shall three. I... Top three. I really wanted to uh, do like a theme, but I can't be asked. Um... Dun, 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 dun. Top three. Thanks, Gav. There we go. That's going to be happening every time now. Even if Gav can't make it to one of our recordings, we're going to go back and cut that out. Yeah, damn right I'm going to cut that out and I'm going to put that in everything. Um, so yeah, this week, top three. We're going to do top three games where you played as a cop. Oh, Nino, Nino, Nino. Nida or Ninor. Ninor or woo, woo, woo. Or if you've played Cyberpunk. <laughs> 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 
fucking irritates me. But that's Jesus. the fucking sirens. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. So it was top three games where we play as a police officer. Gotcha. That's correct. And uh, get on, Cal. You start us off. I'm going to start us off. Am I? Yeah. What's your number three? Uh, right. My number three is. I thought I'd start with the the cop of all cops. Basically, it's not a game that I've necessarily played, but it's one of my favourite films ever made. And I know that Ocean created a a port of uh, of the movie, not a port of the movie. Hang on, a, a game minute. of the film. <laughs> You've not played this game. Well, I have, but How not is it in your top. Not three? a lot. Just consider I, I have played it. I've disclosed to you what my top three are, <laughs> and I've got a game which is a sequel to your game, and I played it. Oh, okay, I have played it, but I've not played a lot of it. Put it that way. I, have, I've, I don't think I've ever got past the first stage. <laughs> Put it that okay. way. Um, but I thought I couldn't really leave it What's the name of out. the cop? What's the name of the cop, Cal? Robocop. Yeah, but what's the name of the cop? Oh, the actor or... <laughs> Peter, Peter Weller. Peter Weller's the actor. It's Murphy is, uh, is, the, is the cop, there if you go. want to go by there cop. Go. I um, wanted to test you there. I was really hoping you'd stumble, but you didn't. No man, I love it. I love the film. Good old Murphy. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, created by Ocean. Like I say, I've only I think I've only played the first level, and that was because my uncle fifty um, p ran out. Allowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. He um he he showed me a little bit of it, and he knew I loved um the game, and he had it on an emulator. He has the real game as well, so it's not so bad. Not so bad so that he, he downloaded it. And went fuck off, <laughs> yeah, no, fuck off. It's my turn. <laughs> um, but like we we were laughing because he he said one of his memories was um, some of the voice lines that you'd hear from it, and I could see what he meant by then. Like as you're going through the street and you'd hear things like "drop it" and stuff like that, like <laughs> of, uh, of Murphy shouting out different phrases. Ed two hundred nine being the first boss as well, because I never mm. got any further than that, so I know he was the first boss. Um, you know, <laughs> classic from the game. <laughs> But yeah, like it's it's also it's Robocop, and I was thinking of putting Robocop from Mortal Kombat 11, but I haven't played him in Mortal Kombat 11. Um, so I, oh, it's, I good, thought, it's good to see that you you're, you're starting to have a little bit of like boundaries with the way that you're decency, decency. Yeah, Gav, just say it, good. just say Thanks. it. <laughs> a little bit of a moral compass. Bloody um, youth of today. <laughs> Bloody but kids. yeah, I, I I I feel that that was one of the only ones I could really say. I couldn't really think of any others at the time, apart from the other ones that I'll come on to in a little bit. You know what? I've got I've got a little bit of a, a disclosure to make. I have only ever played Robocop one once. Okay, yeah. and it was on the in the arcade, and it was a terrible experience because I put my fuck. I just dropped my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I put my fifty pence into um, one of these like mobile arcade places that would, would go around car parks around. The West Country, and I think I was down in Lou in Cornwall. And I went, Oh, great, uh, uh, what's in the arcade? And Robocop was there. I was like, Yes, come on, put my money in, started playing, and the up on the joystick wouldn't work. Oh, so no, the left, right, and I couldn't shoot up in any direction. Oh, that was up. one of the main things because they're up there, peeping out, right, out of the yeah, out of the, out of the windows and stuff. Yeah, um, so yeah, fucked. Oh, no, true story. That must have been awful, but it spurred me on to. A game in my top three. 
Um, yeah, so that that was my that was my number three spot. Gav, what what's your number three? <laughs> also, disclaimer: Gav did pick his before I picked mine, so I'm going to let him have his glory moment. And also, another disclaimer, Cal picked one of mine after I picked it as well. Hey, no, fuck off. I had that one before you did. I, no, I had that one if before you, you did. If you go through the yeah, chat, if you go through the chat, Yeah, it's not when I sent I it, because I could show you the note that I made on my phone and what time I made that note. <sighs> so, <sighs> What's that smell? Bit of bullshit, I think. Are, are you doing what your top? You doing your top three, Cal, or are we all doing our number threes, and then our twos, then our ones? Do number threes, number twos, then number ones. Oh. Well, my number three is <laughs> a sequel <laughs> to your number three, uh, Robocop 2. Now, I, I, had the, I had the great pleasure of playing this on the Amiga back in the day when everything was cracked. Um, so you name it, Infinite Lives, whatever, Ammo Rockets, whatever you call it, all for free. So piracy, brilliant. Loved piracy. Oh, so the there I am. One of the best things about the 90s uh, was piracy. Um, definitely. Uh, I had so many games. Uh, I, I yeah, come at me, bro. Um, obviously, naughty now, naughty now. Snap my hand. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you there, Gav, but do you think it's slightly ironic that we're talking about police officers in the games? Yeah, the law, and <clears throat> then we're turning around. About to. Well, funnily, <laughs> that I mean, out. like I mentioned to you earlier on, I mean, I mean, I found this quite tough to pick three favorite. Um, police officer kind of games because the police have never been the most desirable uh, character in my uh, experience. I'm glad you uh, said to, that. To play as you normally like to be like the like the the lone gunman, sort of like the the mercenary, the the renegade, or like the the person who's got hurt, you know, and you know you're yeah. the hero or the saving saving your partner or whatever. Um, but never the police, because they kind of... It depends, though, because, you know, know, we're going to get to my top three in a minute, but pretty much every cop on my top three is not your stand-up uh, police officer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think, to be fair, sorry to any police officers that are listening to this, but, well, they might agree. Yeah. Um <laughs> To uh, to play as a normal police officer where you go up to people's doors and you spend about 30 minutes making notes of about 50 people on a street and then you go back to the office and you make some more notes and then you go into an interrogation room and you talk to someone and then you make more notes and then you do more paperwork. I think ultimately that would be a really boring fucking game. Yeah. How dare you? L.A. Noir is a classic and you know it. <laughs> Yeah, but that was set joke, in the nineteen forties. So, I'm, I'm uh... joking, man. <laughs> sorry, Gav. So you were saying you've RoboCop two, RoboCop two. Um, it took all the cool things about RoboCop one, um, and just made them really rich, really more fun. Um, I do believe wasn't there a RoboCop sort of like uh, first person like vector graphics game as well? I remember I playing know. that, um, and it was it was quite um, a bit like Doom. It was it was more more like vector, um, like almost like battle graphics. Zone. I've got a graphics vague memory. Like you had to yeah. imagine the graphics, you know, back in the day. <laughs> it's a really imagine them, uh, and I, I recall that being quite hard to get into. Um, but yeah, I love RoboCop too. It's a great sort of like sideways scrolling shooter. Um, just loads of fun, and it was pretty big as well. 
Nice. Strong. 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 My number three. So originally my number three is probably going to be Cal's number two or number one. So we're going to agree on that in a minute. So um, is it? I'm going to take you back. I think I'm pretty sure it was. I wish it was. That'd be fucking hilarious. Um, 97 PlayStation one. A little game called G Police. I don't know if either of you ever played G Police. No. Um, a lot of you will know, listen to this podcast already, that I'm a massive sci-fi fan. Um, and G Police was kind of, it was set in a dystopian future um, on a different planet, on a planet that had been colonized by humans. And it followed this cop, uh, Slater, who piloted this kind of anti-grav, it was sort of like a chopper, but it wasn't, didn't have like rotors and stuff, it just fly around. Um, and you went around fighting crime in the city um, and fighting mercenaries and stuff. And it was all kind of to solve, off the top of my head now, probably could have done research for this. I can't remember exactly what he was trying to solve. Um, but as the game progressed, the enemies got a lot more difficult and you started to get the answers you need. And people would call you and like you'd, you'd fly around. It was sort of open world, but like in the grand scheme of things, not really, you know, it's not like uh, GTA open world or, or whatever that is then stuff like that. But yeah, it was a really good game. And I think it had character and I don't think it was as popular as it could have been back on the PS1, but it was a good game. And again, he was a bit of a renegade. So it's like, I won't listen to you. I'm going to fly into this zone and fight some bad guys. <laughs> Did he sound like that as well? Uh, well, no, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was all text scroller. I can't remember voices in it, to be fair. Perfect. Nice. Oh, yeah. Cal, what was your number two? My number two is uh, the one that you were going to have on one of your lists. Now, I went for Resident Evil 2, in particular the remake, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Strong. First one is I've never played the, the original PlayStation 1 version. I never had a PlayStation 1. Um, but I find, looking back as well, looking at the remakes, there was a lot more character to him in the remakes, obviously, for voice acting, everything, basically. Um, it is one of the best remakes that has ever been done, in my opinion, apart from possibly the first uh, Resident Evil that was a remake. Um, but it's been the best remake that's ever been done. And it it was just fantastic. The 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 setting, everything like that. But Leon in particular, he was just such a a, a well scripted character about a police officer who's on his first day joining the force in Raccoon City and he's got all this to deal with. And it's like he doesn't know his way around the Pretty station. Shit, so it, day. Day. It's pretty shit first day. Oh yeah, no, first place go. Yeah, pretty. pretty and it, <laughs> it it sort of helped you sort of feel like because it was his first day, he didn't know his way around the station, and of course you don't know your way around unless you've played it before. But yeah, but when you're first playing it, you you don't know the way around, and that's exactly how Leon feels. He doesn't know where everything is. He doesn't know who people are. He's he just has to try and find his way out of this little maze, basically. Um, and I loved that. I loved that. Rather than him being a seasoned cop who's in the middle of it all, he's just an average guy. Like from the start, 
to the finish. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I thought he was a really well done character as well. And then he had his own uh, moment to shine again in Resident Evil 4, which is one of the best. Also getting a remake. Also getting a remake. I'm currently playing it on the... Um, what's it called at the minute? Switch. That's the one. <laughs> I'm playing it on the Switch at the minute. You, th- you talk um, about the Switch enough and you forgot yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was, do you know what? I was looking at the console as well. I was looking at it in my line of sight and I was like, uh, what are you Which one of those what consoles is that? The one at the bottom, big box. Got an X on it. Um, yeah, but so that, that was my number two pick. Nice. Mm-hmm. Gav, what's oh, hello. Um, so I'm actually going to pick um, just because I, I, I want to be able to provide a little bit of like a historical uh, tint to your uh, guest slot. So I'm going to pick another old game. In fact, I'm picking all old games. Um, and James Pond, uh, which was the oh! cat, which was a parody um, Love of... It. Of, yeah, it was such a laugh that game. Now I'm I'm gonna embellish it a little bit and say James Pond and James Pond Two because um, I got them both at the same time because uh, the guy who was knocking off these games for me <laughs> sent, <laughs> sent them both to me uh, back in the day. Um, I remember James Pond Two Robocod um, so much more vividly than the first one. Um, they were pretty much pretty much identical, but just like improved but i think it's quite an important game to to mention with guys to sideways scrollers and you know um because although it was originally came out i think 1991 for like the amiga the atari st i think it dropped on the genesis as well so we're talking of a it was on the genesis yeah hmm. i mean and then later on it pretty much hit everything because it it, it did take off I had it on the mega drive yeah it wasn't uh, the ba- bad guy dr maybe I think rather than Doctor No, it was a silly. Yeah, it was Doctor loads Maybe. No, to silly things <laughs> like that. Um, I never knew that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was stupid. It was such a stupid oh, game, but, yeah. but it, it was just fun. You know, we talked again before I get like when we talked like last last time for uh, the New Year's, Christmas, whatever we did. Uh, we talked yeah, about yeah. how Astro Boy was just um, so much fun. This game reminds me of those sort of days when you know back in the nineties when games were just. As silly as can be, um, but yeah, James Pond and James Pond Two Robocod in particular. Uh, that he was probably one of my favourite. If I had to loosely choose a police kind of guy, yeah, I know I'm pushing the boundaries here, but James Pond Two. I let you off. You're no, a guest. That's it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. If you turn it, up more regularly though and evolve from a guest yeah. to an actual star, then uh, I'm going to keep you to more stringent rules. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I'm taking advantage of the situation. Wiggy, did you did you play it a lot then? And on what console or computer did you play it on? Mega Drive. So Mega Drive. Oh, I got. Oh, yeah. I remember it. I got James Pond and James Pond Two um, at the same time, and I oh, got right. it at the same time as Sonic the Hedgehog Two as mm. well. I want to say, if I remember oh, rightly. Um, I'd like to add that I was eight at that time, so the memories are a little bit less vivid. Um, Eight, 18 I just say? remember <laughs> if I was 18 I'm gonna die now no um but yeah so I just remember that, that like James Pond is one of 
kind of the the defining games of my childhood i would say um mm. there with sonic and like columns strangely enough and theme park on the mega drive as well like they define my mega drive generation i'm just looking it up on wikipedia now and um funnily enough luckily we've not said anything that's not true but it's a really interesting thing i know wikipedia <laughs> can be a little bit it could be fake news here guys but um with regards to <laughs> it says here product placement the pe- the penguins in the game included product placement for the McVitie's biscuit, penguin biscuits. And apparently, according to a 1994 article in the UK edition of PC Gamer, Penguin outsold arch-rival KitKat for the first time in the product's history soon after the release of the game. Isn't that interesting? I was nine. I was nine. interesting, isn't it? Penguin biscuits went up uh, in February because of fat kids like me playing Robocod. I bet you I was like... um, (laughs) Mom, I want some penguins. No, we're going to have Kit Kats. No, we're not having penguins. James Pond wouldn't deal with this. <laughs> Possibly. See, I always, I always saw James Pond as like a knockoff, um, like a knockoff game. You know what I mean? Like not a, a, a fully developed one by a, mm. a proper publisher. Do you know what I mean? I, not to, mm. not to like basically shit it? It all over by, it. But uh, Millennium made it apparently. Whoever they were, yeah, I'm not sure. Robin Williams, they uh, <laughs> Millennium. and he was dressed up as Robocod in the in the video for it. Of course, fake news, fake news, mate, fake news, fake news, <laughs> fake news. It's all fake. Come, oh my god. Um, <clears throat> get on to my second one now. Mm. Mm. So. I was toying between like who was my favourite, so who'd be my number one and who'd be second, but I'm going to go for um, Jack Slate from Dead to Rights. Now, did you ever play Dead to Rights? Um, it originally came out on the very first Xbox, um, and it was, for better words... What was that so called? What was that console called? Shit. Xbox. 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 Okay. Xbox. But it's the first one, so surely it's an Xbox One? Xbox, not three, uh, not the Xbox three. So the Xbox One, the Xbox One, not the Xbox Two, not the Xbox One. Xbox. Okay, all right. I think I got it. Carry on. Uh-huh. People at Microsoft like, uh, what should we number our uh, Xboxes? Well, we can't call it the Xbox Two because the PlayStation Two. We wanted it to sound better than that, so we're going to go 360. I digress. Anyway, um, so yeah, Dead to Rights. So you play uh, Jack Slate, Canine Cop, and you got to basically go out. You, you, your dad is murdered, and you've got to go out and and figure out who killed your dad, and kind of prove yourself innocent and you've got a little canine companion called shadow and the reason it was crap on the xbox is because you had to micromanage in the menu getting shadow to do stuff and changing between your weapons they didn't have a quick menu but when it came out on the ps2 and the gamecube they added the quick menu which meant you could just be like shadow attack and like shadow could grab their arms and stuff and distract them and then you could take human shields 
you could do this really cool stuff with gunplay. Like one vivid memory I've got, I can't remember like how it, but one vivid memory I've got is you could like run and slide on a knee and then put your shotgun behind you to fire it over your shoulder and kill a guy behind you. So you could like slide past them and then be like, and kill it. And then Shadow would jump over a table and take out another guy. Um, and it was really cool. And it spawned um, a second and a third one and then a fourth one, which I never got to play. Um, but the irony of Dead to Rights is they, they're not chronological. So Dead to Rights 2 is a prequel to Dead to Rights. Dead to Rights 3 is a prequel to Dead to Rights 2. And Dead to Rights 4 is kind of like a remaster of like a, a, a redo of the first one but set in between so it's just like peculiar but they're like really good games and then the fourth one the reason i'm kind of gutted i never got to play it is because in that one you could actually play a shadow huh. so there are actually bits where you could switch to shadow and, and, and play along him so yeah that'd be my second one and again not a very copy cop because he went against the force to, you know, prove who killed his dad with his little trusty canine companion. Does anybody remember Turner and Hooch? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. See? Dead to Rights say... made me feel like that. Dead to Rights <laughs> made me feel like I was Turner and Hooch, apart from the unofficial, impact. <laughs> the unofficial video game of the Turner and Hooch movie. I thought I'm going to see that with my mates in cinema. What was the other one that was on the at, that was in the cinema at the same time with the German K-9. Shepherd? K nine, yes, that was good as well. Depressing mm. as fuck, but good. <laughs> Remember when Turner turn, um, Hooch not Turner Hooch got shot? Oh my god! Oh yeah, no. Oh no! I was, oh, I did it like that. No, oh, that was that was a whole heap of emotion. Got me as well. The reason that I remember K nine is because the exact same thing happened in K nine. Was that John? <laughs> was K nine with John Belushi? Yeah, John Belushi, yeah. And Turner and Hooch was Tom Hanks. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And they were in the same year, I think. But yeah, it's like those sorts of like games. So that's my number two. So Cal, what's your number one? My number one, these guys are actually police officers. They're not against the law or anything like that. Um, the reason I chose this is because, as many of you probably know, I am a lover of light gun shooters. And so I chose Virtua Cop. Because, um, like I say, I adore like gun shooters. So it's like a, a perfect choice for me. Um, Which I... one of them? The, the first one. <laughs> that's the only one that I... No, that's a lie. Is it the second one that I've played? I can't remember. One of them was in the arcade. And it was either one or two. Um, and I, again, I just loved it. Because it was arcade fun a um, little bit different to the normal ones like you'd get the like the, the the zoom in effect like when an enemy would come up there were like these special goggles or something that they would wear that the, the cops would wear um, that would allow you to target in on certain enemies so when they appeared you'd have this like green circle that would sort of turn um, and like sort of indicate to you when they're about to fire and hit you um, and also give you a better better shot at them um, I can't remember too much about it because it was never one that I always played. It was just one that was like, oh, yeah, I'll play that. Uh, yeah, I'll play that as a light I'll gun play shooter. That for a dollar. Mm. Um, 
but I have a lot of love for it because it was made by um, Sega AM2 who have made lots of arcade games that I love, like Outrun 2, um, another one, which I'm not actually going to say at the minute because that's going to be uh, brought up in the next section for Bring It Back. But like they, they, they uh, from making Virtual Cop, they then spawned my favourite other than Left 4 Dead, uh, my favourite light gun shooter. So I've got a lot of love for Virtual Cop. Brilliant game. Still holds up well-ish, even though it's a bit, little bit blocky, but it's still fun. And that's what games are about. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Oh, it's me. Gavla! Hello. Now, right, uh, my number one, right, is in fact my number two. And my number two isn't number three, and my number three isn't number four, because my real number one, I can't remember what it was called. Oh, no. So I'm going to ask you if you could tell me the name of it um, by me describing it. And if you can, I'll revert back to my number one. So okay. there, there was this game. I do believe it started out in the arcades. I played it on the Amiga. Okay. It was like Outrun. You're in a Porsche. You're a policeman. And you were basically having to take down cars. And they were you just basically pursuit them like outrun and then you had to like ram them to knock them off the road and you're in a Porsche a silver Porsche uh, I don't know you know no. they have a really like 80s Miami Vice feel yeah 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 totally ah oh, do you know what I can picture it it was it was my like dad used to play it loads and it was like oh. I was a big outrun fan massive outrun fan and then he brought this out and it was like fuck this is as good as Outrun, but with ramming and taking down baddies. And they'd be shooting back at you and stuff. It's like, whoa, it was so good. Because when you go up close, you put the light on and you're whizzing through all the. What was it called? It was, I'm sure it was two words. We're not going to get there. So let's revert back to my official number one uh, is APB. So very similar again. Uh, I think it was come out about on a coin up in 1987, and then it was on loads of different formats uh, at home. Um, to be honest, it was a pretty shoddy port onto the Amiga at the time, but I just loved it. Um, again, one of the typical sort of vertical uh, chase games. Uh, you get the little uh, uh, alerts come in um, saying that there's a, a baddie criminal somewhere and you just drive up through the um through the traffic trying to chase them down in the style of the old spy hunter kind of games uh so apb was great fun i think you played uh inspector bob or officer bob i think the name was so that was the name of the policeman apb all points bulletin there you go um just very quickly gav i was having a little look is it uh is it called Cisco Heat or Chase HQ? Chase HQ. That's it. That's it. Chase HQ. That was, oh, that's a brilliant game. Brilliant game. So good. I see. I thought it was Miami Chase. See, that's what I was looking. But Codemasters, nineteen ninety, on the Amiga. Oh no, that's yeah. top down. Top down. That's like GTA. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah released Chase, by Taito. HQ. Potato. Yeah, Chase HQ, fantastic game. I think there was a Chase HQ two that came out on uh, like 
like home release as well. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was the second yeah. one as well. Wow. Nineteen eighty eight. Get on. Yeah, I'm answered you want to change it to Chase HQ. Uh yeah, I do. APB <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can just do one. <laughs> Get out of there, mate. Yeah, Go see it, APB. Done. So, my number one. Some people may remember this game. I absolutely loved this game because it had slow motion in the gunplay. So my number one game where you play a cop, Max Payne. And obviously Max Payne spawned a trilogy as well. Um, and uh, the third one, he's not a cop, but we'll go into that one a little bit later. But essentially, you're a New York cop, got a drinking problem, um, and you're uh, taken down, uh, basically hunting down the ones responsible for the murder of your wife and child. Um, and they frame you for the murder of your partner. And you basically just go through this game like proper slaughtering all these people to to get vengeance. So that sounds like the premise of the Punisher, doesn't it? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's where they got cop. their influence from. <laughs> he was a cop. He was in the FBI. <laughs> you can copy my homework, but just make sure you change bits to make it look like you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it was like all the really funny. Um, uh, interesting bits about it were like Russian mafia gangster named Vladimir Lem and like there was a female vigilante who was out to avenge the death of her twin sister can't remember what she was called I'm pretty sure she was for some reason I think she was named after an instrument Trumpet. I want to say she was named after an instrument flute is that, no. that, sax. Is that because sax. she plays you her name was Sax her name was Sax I'm sure it's sax. If somebody's out there going, no, it wasn't, Rich. It was fucking trombone. Um, then, sorry. But I'm pretty sure it was sax. I'm going to look it up in a minute. But yeah, so... And um, there were like... So there was a major drug operation. But the, the best thing for me about Max Payne, the best thing for me was the fact that you could click a button. Because I had it on PC. You click a button and you just like slow down time, which meant you could just dive around corners. You could dive out of windows. You could crash through stuff. You could slide along tables and things. And it was like, ah, oh, it was so good. And then you, as I say, it went on to spawn uh, the second one, which was called The Fall of Max Payne. Um and in that one, he was taken by the police, faced charges for the killing spree he went on in the original Max Payne. So basically got arrested, um, but he was cleared of all charges uh, by a senator, which is interesting because of the work he did fighting crime. Um, and he returned to work for the NYPD as a, I want to say homicide instead of vice in the second one. Again, I can't remember. Again, I probably could have brought this stuff up on the screen to... Uh, to kind of back me up but yeah um and again you just go on another killing spree um because yeah it's really good i'm pretty sure it was sax i've never yeah, played sure any of sax. the max Payne's games max Payne three interesting one 
I really enjoyed that one. It was a huge gap before that one came out. Um, and because that uh, Max Payne 3 came out on the PS3 and the Xbox 360 and the PC. That one was made by Rockstar, wasn't it? Yeah. And, or published by Rockstar, I think. Ah. Or similar. Something like that. Because uh, Remedy were the original ones. I mm. remember that. So Remedy did Max Payne and Max Payne 2. And then uh, Rockstar did the third one. But in the third one, it's pretty cool. You've left New York. You're old. You're like an alcoholic. And you're working private security in Brazil. Um, and then when you're working in private, like I really enjoyed the storyline of it. Um, the wife of your employer is kidnapped by a local street gang. Um, and you go on a massive war to, to free her. And you go on this huge like drug war in um in Brazil and you confront uh, like a conspiracy but I really loved that one because they took like bullet time and stuff to the next level um, and it just like the character um, development of Max Payne in that third one like proper props to Rockstar like he was an old grizzled grumpy like depressed alcoholic like smoking like all of the bad stuff that had happened in Max Payne and Max Payne 2 like really weighed heavily down on him and that drove why he was so passionate about getting his employer's wife back because he remembered what had happened to his wife and kids and he didn't want that to happen there so he just went on this personal crusade um, and there were some really good locales in it and yeah I really enjoyed like all of the Max Payne games. So, um, and probably one of the defining things that I loved about Max, oh, it might be Max Payne 2. Max Payne or Max Payne 2 is you get in an elevator and there's that really crappy elevator music. And obviously you're going up because it's a loading screen. So technically you're going up in the elevator. You could shoot the speaker in the elevator to kill the music. And Max went, thank you. <laughs> that's just like one of really good memories so yeah uh, Max Payne is sort of like top cop top cop nice mm. cool well that was a little selection of our top three games where you play as a police officer lovingly bug me, so uh, really created by have a look <laughs> I was going to say uh, lovingly created by Wiggy Mona Wiggy Sachs is always the... that's the one Mona Sachs that was her name. Yes. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> um, I'd just like to say all of the top threes are designed uh, by Wiggy. So if you have a problem with any of the top threes, let him know. <laughs> Take it out with uh, me. Tweet me. <laughs> <laughs> what Cal was meant to say was, if you have your own top three that you'd like us to challenge, or you want to tell us the top three games with cops in that you like, then you know, add it to the Facebook group or tweet us or email us in. All of those will be mentioned at the end of the show. Let's move on. Bring it back. Oh. Sing it back. This is a thing, Gav. Apparently, Wiggy feels the need that he has to sing the next part of the song, <laughs> whereas uh, we don't really need it. But no, uh, there we go. No. There's nothing I can really do. No, we don't anymore. need it. But yeah, just um, fuck off. 
So this is the part of the show, if you're not already aware, where we say a game that we would like to see come back into the limelight, either via, via remaster or a sequel. Um, now, I do know want, there's Do you want a little some... jingle for it? Do you want a jingle for it? Yeah, go on. Give us a jingle. All right. All right. Off the cuff. Hey, bring it back. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna have to fully record all these, and I'm just gonna put them in. <laughs> you just cut them up, mate. It's done. Yeah, mean? just cut them out, mate. Put them somewhere else. So there we are. This is uh, let's bring it back. It's uh, part of the show where we say about. Da, 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 da. Hey, bring it back. <laughs> um, no. In the you recent, sound like a guy. Uh, you sound like a guy who runs like a really small corner shop. It's just like someone's nicked something. <laughs> hey, bring it back! Oi, bring it back! You vagabonds! <laughs> bring it back! Hey, bring it back! Come on! Oh, wife and three kids to feed. Bring it back! Come on! Hey, I'll have you. I want that crunchy back now. Hey, don't grow on trees. Bring it back. Hey, Gav. Yeah, hello, mate. There's been... So- <laughs> hello. There's been some uh, controversy in the, the past few times that we've done this. Um, so as I say, the idea is you have to bring up a, a game that you would like to see either remastered or a sequel for that one. And it's, you know, it's got to not been around for so long. Right. Okay. Uh, how long? Now, how long? How long back do we do we have to go? Well, let me give you an example of what not to do. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, better give, always, you better give your example as well. Wiggy decided. <laughs> Wiggy decided that he was going to pick Shenmue, which has had a remaster, both one and two, and has also received a sequel on current gen. So he couldn't have that. Um, no, he was he was up the pole when I did pick the original <laughs> Jack and Daxter. My uh, argument for again. this <laughs> was yes, okay, it's had a HD re-release that was on the PS3 and was then on the PS4, but it hasn't had a full remaster, and it hasn't had the a lines sequel. Keep getting blurred. No, is There's a lot of ambiguity to deal with right now. I know, right. and I don't like it. So, all right, well, we from here on, settled on <laughs> go on a decade. We settled on a decade. Oh, a decade. Oh, hang on. That's not. I don't know. Shall I just tell you what I was going to say? Yeah. Should we do some quick research to see if it was a decade? Well, we. I'll tell you what. Let's just You'll let him. Make, let's let him. Too to be fair, rules. it's his first one. It. No, it's his first one. I've got, I've got, so long, I've got more. So long than as one, we don't, don't have worry. something like that, <laughs> we've got, go I've on. got. I've got more than one. Don't worry. What will be yours, my first, Gav? My first, my first one, which I would love to see, and apparently we may see it. We just may Ooh. see it. We may see it. A remake of Metal Gear Solid from what the PS One. See, that's fine. Yeah. That is yeah. fine. Yeah, because apparently it's a... coming. They're, they're looking at doing it, aren't they? Yes. Doing a, yeah, a it's remaster. Been rumored, heavily rumored. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? The thing is, though, how would they... Um, I was thinking about this, because one of the great things I thought was uh, ingenious, how they used the hardware of the of the console. Psychomantis. Yeah, I knew you were going to say Psychomantis. You know when they said like they ha- you, know, you had to change, you had to pull your controller out, essentially, put it into the second port, 
at one point when Otacon's talking to you uh, in order to do something because all your controls didn't work. And the only way to get they around did that on the GameCube as well. Th- but they can't yeah. do that now, can they? But I'm sure they'll think of something. But um, you technically could. They might be like, you have to cr- connect a second controller. Obviously, they won't tell you what you have to do because that's a fucking. But then, what if you haven't got a second controller? You could just go never out and buy one. You'd never progress. <laughs> You'd have to go out and buy one. You can hey, progress after that point, but Metal Gear Solid Remastered comes with an extra controller. But we're not going to tell you what you need it for. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to give you. That and it has a cable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that would be that fantastic, yeah. wouldn't it? To see see that game again, but to see that all resed up um, and beautiful. Uh, gameplay wise, they didn't change anything, did they? Really, it was it was perfect that game, absolutely perfect. Um, but oh, I just I've been waiting to get back in a box for such a long time. Back in the box, <laughs> get in a box. Mm. That just could be a range, just a box, just a box, <laughs> just a box. I had um, many more, but that's fine. That would just that would be. Well, that's the thing for future guest slots. We do this every time, so you yeah. need to keep them in your bag. Ah, keep them good, in your good. Bag. Get on. Go on, Edward. Keep watching yours. What would you like to My one. see brought back? Shemnu. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dino Crisis. No, I've done that one too. Um, yeah, you've done Dino I'm going to continue my uh, 90s PlayStation 1 uh, bring back. And again, I'm going into sci-fi. Probably should branch out at some point. Do either of you remember Future Cop LAPD? No. Oh, right. This game, like, again, absolutely loved this. So, unless it wasn't given away by the title, you play a cop in the future in LA. <laughs> but, and you got to fight, like, gang crime and, and stuff like that. But not in a conventional police car or running around with a pistol or anything like that. You had a fucking mech. You had a mech. And the brilliant thing about the mech was it could transform into a tank. So you'd run around um, and it had like control points. So you'd have to take control points, hold it, fight off loads of enemies, keep that point, move on. You could upgrade your weapons. And like it was sort of not top down, but not, you know, it's like at an angle down. So you could see the map when you were around and stuff. And you had to really think about, like, am I going into this section in mech form or do I need to be a tank in this bit? Um, do I need to be, like, firing down artillery? Um, so if I remember rightly, it, I can't remember whether there was the artillery mode. I think it was artillery mode. Um, but essentially, yeah, you could flip between tank and mech and, and go in there. And just imagining him what people could do with next-gen graphics on future cop lapd and like inventory management just stuff like that and oh it was brilliant i loved it just traipsing around in your mech trashing things um and there was a like multiplayer so you and a mate could sit down and you could um like back in day when you'd be on same console um with your cup of tea and your mate Gary from down road. Um, And you'd just be there and you'd like control points with each other. So one of you would be blue, one of you would be red. um, And you'd just have to like control points on the map, um, 
build defenses. Oh, it was just, it was great. I loved it. Nice. Mm. That's what I'd like to bring back. Well, my bring it back, as you may remember from our previous um, section about top three games with cops in it, I said about Sega AM2, who lovingly created some of my favourite arcade games, and one of those I would love to see brought back, which is Ghost Squad. Any of you ever played that, heard of it? Uh, no. Oh, you are missing out. It's one of the best light gun shooters. Um, you basically play um, a task force known as Ghost Squad, um, sent to eliminate a terrorist threat. Um, there's three different levels, I believe. Um, and you could choose which one, um, but it all revolved around um, getting rid of this terrorist group. Um, it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. They re-released it on the Wii, um, which was fantastic. Like, it was a fantastic port, and I played that game for hours and hours and hours. It was just the same three levels, but it was just so addictive, so much fun. Um, there were different weapons in it. Your main one was like an, uh, an assault rifle. You could change it to be like fully automatic or semi-automatic. Um, there were like grenade launchers that you could get from time to time. Um, they, oh, so it was, it was good just... to go into a fight with semi. I think so. <laughs> 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 I think so. Um, yeah, like it, it, it was just an awesome game. Um, I remember the, the the Wii version added a couple of extra bits that you could unlock costumes and stuff like that. Um and like different skins for the game, if that made sense. So one of the things was it would turn everyone into, I think I've spoken to you about this, Gav. It turned all of the, um, <laughs> it turned all of the terrorists into bikini clad babes. Um, and your gun was a dolphin water pistol. Mm. Um, and they, when you, when you shot them, um, they would make, you know some quite orgasmic sounds um but they didn't program everything <laughs> so when uh, sometimes there'd be little quick time events where a terrorist would um i keep saying a terrorist one of the enemies would come up and and uh <laughs> just <laughs> the, the same en- terrorist just over, over, and over terrorist. again one of the enemies would come up with a knife and you had a, 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 a like a quick time event to perform and when they came up they would shout, die! Just like that. Um, mm. Now, they didn't change that when you got the skins and you got the bikini-clad babes. So they'd be making all these noises <laughs> and things like that until it got to one of those quick-time events where a woman in a bikini would just run up to you and shout, die! Um, which was yeah, quite always... that happen many a time. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it it was always quite my funny. holiday to Magaluf. Yeah, for a pretty standard day at the beach, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but like like joking this aside like it was just a brilliant game and it's just so much fun i'd love to see it come back into the arcades but with the arcades being the way they are now i'd love to see a home console release mm, in vr yeah. would be perfect you know stick it with the move controllers on vr oh that'd be bliss but who knows sega are one of the kings when it comes to like gun shooters and they've they've dipped out a little bit over the last few years, I think, which is a shame. Mm. But I'd love to see them bring that back. 
Hey, bring it back. I definitely think that Sega have dipped out quite a lot on stuff recently, haven't they? Well, you say that, like, they've got a lot of the Yakuza stuff and, and things like that. Like, they're, they're still going. Sega is still doing really, really well. It's just when it comes to, like, the arcade classics and the classic Wait games, I think Sega have sort of... We haven't said it correctly. Sega! You say that, but unless you're going for the uh, Sonic 3D Flicky's Island, which just goes, Sega! <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's the that's my favourite one. Just a Sega. Um, I still remember. Yeah. Do do me a favour. Plug me into a Sega. But that's going back <laughs> a long way. But that didn't open when you when you put the cartridge in. That didn't come up. <laughs> Could you imagine that? popping yeah. Sonic hey, in? Hey, do me a favour. Plug me into a Sega. Chop <laughs> <laughs> chop. Hang got a day. Electricity's burning. <laughs> Plug into your telly. Come on. Let's get some Hurry gaming up, going on. You idiot. <laughs> Jesus. Get on. So that was it. That's our bring it back. Until next time, let's move on. So here we are at Send News. Gav, do you want to give us oh. a cheeky little... I genuinely thought we were doing what have we been playing? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, sorry, man. I thought we were doing <laughs> yeah. that at the end. Oh. All right, hang we're on. Doing... I'll, I'll cut that bit out. No, don't cut it out. Just leave it in there. All right, live. All right we'll, we'll, we'll carry on then. We'll carry on with what? With send news or what we've been playing? What we've been playing. What we've been playing. All right, fuck me then. What have we been playing this week? Gav, do you want to go first? Yeah, all right. Do you want me to do like a, an intro again? Go on. For what have yeah, you been playing it. this week? What have you been playing? We are keeping these. Is that all right? Oh, I could do a different one. No, yeah, I like that it. One. That's fine, yeah. All right. Um... <laughs> Back on track. What have I been playing? Um, I have been, as you guys have, can quite obviously expect. I've have you not been... changed from your Christmas special? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've clocked 170 hours now on Valhalla. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I finally, uh, two days ago, I f- finally decided to do the main story. Um, so I've actually, I've <laughs> actually not even done... with the main story. No, no, I just did. I did about 162 without the main story. Well, a bit of the main story, um, but then I just literally rinsed it. Uh, and so I'm at 170 hours now. I've done the main story. I've still got um, some of the order to to find. Um, I haven't done any of the city stone uh, balancing thingies, the chaos as they call it. But I've pretty much done everything else. Still loving the game, but you know what? Tomorrow, I am going to start playing something different. I'm going to have a break. And then I'm going to come back. Uh, now, the reason being, you could say, well, have you come so far? you come so far. Get to the platinum. Come on, come on, come on. Now, this is my argument. And I'd love to know other people's thoughts if they get to the same point I am, whether or not my thoughts are correct or not. Now, I am ridiculously overpowered in this game now. Um, I've maxed out the, the, the level system, so I'm a 401 
um, or four hundred and three even. And I don't know if any of you guys have been uh, Wiggy. You've been playing, haven't you? A little bit, but l- not. All right, so you're not I there. The intro um, bit, yeah. So essentially, once you complete your skills tree, uh, three more mastery point uh, allocators pop up, and then you can, as you level up your XP, they drop mastery points, and they relate to the different um, uh, tree elements like the bear and the chihuahua and the ostrich whatever it is um and you can just basically drop your <laughs> i've not, not played the game not, and i'm not ostrich I'm, chihuahua. No, i was it's thinking not it was the ostrich bit that got me yeah it's ra- raven it's and, and raven and i don't know uh chinchilla uh, yeah <laughs> and you can you can start to add your points there now i've got to the point now where obviously max max maxed out at four hundred and three. And I've got 49 extra mastery points across the three areas. So I'm thinking, like, for, for getting to this point, I would have exhausted the game. What is the point of me continuing to get these mastery points? Yes, there's DLC coming out. But what does that mean with regards to, like, the level of the the, the enemies that are going to come in the um, NPC? Are you going to have to get to the point where you've got, like, nearly 50-odd mastery points to play the DLC or am I just ridiculously overpowered and they haven't thought this through I mean you're saying about the mastery points is that like particular side missions that you have to do to get a point no you just just uh, just, oh, any just XP. Them at any time yeah any XP will will go into the pot essentially when you've reached the, the, the it's full you get an X oh. you get a mastery point uh, so that, and in that case, I don't think they were expecting you to just sit in your pants for most of the day and 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 get that far without actually doing any <laughs> of the main story. Yeah, um, it's great. I love it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to put it down now because obviously, no. What am I most looking forward to playing in the new year? It's going to be uh, whatever DLC might drop if it is this year. Um, but uh, I'm going to now put that to one side. So if you have me as a guest again. You're gonna get hear me hear me talk about something else. There is only one other game I've been playing, um, and that's on Apple Arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's called Life Slide. I don't know if you played it. You're Life basically a, a paper aeroplane just flying about. It's more like just like a, a peaceful, uh, re- relaxation sort of game. But I like yeah. the, the title Life Slide. I thought that's quite apt at the moment with the way the world's going. Your life sliding away into despair. <laughs> no, I I do like that. I I I like little games like that. Um, yeah, I think they are quite nice to break up the mm. the the main games you play. Like I always tend to have something where I'm just I'm playing like a main game, and then I'm yeah. playing just a little side game. Yeah, and I think that's quite a nice little one to do. That's, what was it? It's a nice little uh, life slide. I do believe I'm just going to life bring slide. Up my, bring up my phone and just uh, check the icon. Um... I'll have a look on Apple Arcade. Yeah, life, life slide. It's basically the icons of a paper airplane, but it's 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 you can zone out to play it because essentially there's two things you can do. Um, you can pick up stuff um, that gives you more time, and you can pick up stuff that kind of gives you like credits towards like like a power up at the end of the level. Yeah. Um, and flying as close to the ground gets you like the biggest amount of sort of speed, um, but evidently there's that risk where you hit the floor. Um, but you're just flying, gliding along as far as you can get, and then you just stop. I'm going to give that a go. Yeah. I it's, like little things like that. Just stop. 
It's just mellow, man. Mellow. I mean, when, you, when I'm going yellow. from when I'm going from slaughtering uh, herds of sheep or or poking uh, cows with my spear, I need or something seal button. Yeah, I got bored of that. Seal. Yeah, I did enough of seal clubbing or seal hammering. So. <laughs> Oh, but there you go. <laughs> oh, like, oh, I'm happy to hear that. To be fair, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I am happy good. to hear that. For anyone out there that um, have sort of thoughts about animal cruelty, I can assure you, if from the digital realm, there's a shelf life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a shelf life. Oh, oh man. I, I'm hoping it's the same for in the real world. I do. I've never felt the need to hurt an animal. Um, I feel sorry for you if you do, but virtually it gets boring after a while. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm a bit conscious of time um, of what, we, what we've been recording. So I'll, uh, I'll quickly say my bit and then that'll give you a bit of time. And then Wiggy to, to say a little bit about what you've been playing as well. Um, and I just fancy going next. Uh, so... <laughs> I've I've been playing three things in particular. I'll start with the ones on the Switch. Um, so I've been playing Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, which is very very good. I do find I have to have a lot of breaks in between with that one because it's quite action heavy and quite repetitive in some cases. So I feel it's a lot of work to keep playing that game for long periods of time. Personally. Um, but it's really good. The story's amazing. It's all set 100 years before uh, The Great Calamity. Um, no, sorry. It's all set 100 years before Breath of the Wild during The Great Calamity. Sorry. Um, but it's really interesting to see how the characters got to where they are. Um, there's lots of different characters to play as as well, so you're not just playing as Link, which is quite nice. There's been a few that I, I really like, which I won't say too much because I know Wiggy you want to you're playing it at the minute or you yeah trickling in to play a bit it? like you a bit like you i play it in really small batches because yeah yeah it's it's very good though like don't don't get me wrong it's not a, a bad point um it's just that yeah i need to I need to be in the right frame of mind in some cases for it but story's fantastic um the other thing i've been playing on the switch is um grindstone now, Grindstone started off as an Apple Arcade game, and then Cappy have ported it to the Nintendo Switch, and it's a lovely port. It's absolutely amazing, runs smooth as butter, just like the Apple Arcade version. You can use touch controls when you've got the handheld mode activated on your Switch. I like it on the TV more than anything, but I do play it in handheld, and I, I use the analog sticks. Like That's fine for me. I do feel it works better with touch controls, but that could just be because I'm so used to it. But once you get the hang of it using the Joy-Cons, it's lovely, lovely little game. Um, I'm quite far into it. There's apparently 200 plus levels. And I think I've just gone in, I'm on 105, I think. So I've just over halfway. Good innings. Yeah, like I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's probably been my most played game on the Switch uh, <clears throat> this month because I've just loved it little bit pricey it's 11.99 on the switch um personally unless you're really into those kind of games or you really like that game i'd hang fire i'd let it 
you know, like go down in price a little bit, wait for a sale, but it's beautiful, beautiful game. I've loved it since Apple Arcade and I've loved it on the Switch even more. And then my last game is I'm actually playing Cyberpunk 2077. Woohoo! But I'm going hardcore. I'm playing Cyberpunk 2077 on an original model PlayStation 4. Risky business. Yeah. And don't I know it? Risky business. Don't I know it? I mean, there's been a few. I've had one game breaking bug where I just I couldn't continue and you had to drive a car and the car just wouldn't move. It would do everything but accelerate, um, which was a bit of a pain. But other than that, there's been a it's couple funny. of little that's bugs. A... So go on. I was just going to say that's a funny glitch that happens more often than you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, there's been a couple of little bugs and things like that where um, you know characters have been flopping about all over the place. Textures haven't loaded in really quick, which is understandable. But I'm coming from the point of view I've played a lot of ports to the Switch from big name developers. That have been on like PS4 consoles, and the hardware is not as powerful to run certain things. So there's had to be a few little setbacks. So the textures might not necessarily look quite right, um, and sometimes textures take a little bit of time to load. Don't get me wrong; a lot of Switch ports are great, but that can happen. I'm treating Cyberpunk in the same way. It's it's I I'm used to it not having such great textures because I know it's not designed necessarily for that console. It's designed for more powerful things. And I feel if you go in with the mindset that it's not going to be as powerful um, and good performance as say a next gen console or a PC, you'll enjoy it more. And that's what I've been doing. I've been enjoying it for the story. You know, I can still play the game, um, the only thing that's really jarred story me is really good, really fucking good. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's a brilliant story. The only thing that's really jarred me is some of the frame rates have been dipping like really, really low to the point where I'm like, shall I wait? <laughs> like, because I can't play this. But other, but once you get past that little bit of frame rate drop, it's fine, and I'm I'm happy to carry on with it. I'll play it again when I get a PS5. But for now, I I love it absolutely love it but don't go into it thinking it's going to be the best looking game that you've ever seen it's not and that's obviously unless, not going to be unless you're on next gen or people well, not even on next gen yet because the next gen version isn't out well, so yeah. Yeah. i would say only if you've got a good pc which yeah. i said last time in the christmas special yeah so you guys obviously have both played uh, Cyberpunk um, from different an- different angles. Uh, you know yourself, Cal, as you mentioned on the original PS One. Um, PS One. What am I PS1? talking about? PS One. Sometimes it does look like it. Yeah. It does look uh, like it sometimes. And then Wiggy, you've got like your 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 PC on steroids. Now, yes. would you recommend me on the PS Five jumping in on it now, um, or shall I wait for the the PS Five version? I would, based on what friends with PS5s have told me, because the next-gen version isn't out, so you're only running the PS4 yeah. version anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, the load times are really good, and you don't tend to get much texture drag, essentially, hmm. but the frame rates aren't up to scratch. 
and there are still considerable glitches on it. Saying that, wait, saying that, the story's really fucking good. Like, and if I put it in like perspective, obviously, I my I don't have any texture issues. I've installed it on my my top end SSD. So my loading times are just like click of the finger. So I don't get any transitioning, which a lot of people get as well between the zones. Um, don't get any transition loads. Uh, but even without all of that, I still think I would enjoy the the ambiance, the plot, the story. Um, if you're, you know, if you're a person who can be like Cal, you know, and just say, look, I'm expecting these things, but I'm enjoying the game. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, I guess ultimately I'd be torn. I'd say from a kind of performance point of view, wait, but from a, it's a really fucking good game. Don't wait. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I have the patience, but, um, how long that goes because you're, it's always peer pressure, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, and I wanted to play that game straight away. Um, and I sat back a little bit and I'm kind of glad that I did, but at the same time, it's definitely fixed a lot. It's, All the hot yeah, fixes I mean, have fixed a lot. It's not so much peer pressure in some cases. It's spoilers. It's, it's those well, people I mean, who are ready to come out and be like, this happened in this. Um, it's being able to have that conversation about I, you know, stuff. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, that was so good. Like, in this podcast, that's the biggest thing that's like killing me. I, is I just want to be like, oh, guys. So like in three months time, three months time, I want to do a session where we could be like, cool. We're going back. We're going to talk about cyberpunk because it's amazing, but I don't want to spoil it for the listeners who haven't had a chance to get to it mm. yet. And I don't want to spoil mm. it for you guys, mm. but I'm just, so when like is my the, the, the other... next gen version? It's in the next coming months. Um, oh, well, I'm trying to wait. speed it up. Let's wait. Then. It's not like I... late next year. It's the thing that gets me is just to put it in perspective. My friend, uh, Chris, who I mentioned last time actually has completed it. And it was like eye-opening for me because it was like, I could text someone and talk about the plot. You know, and that's what I just want from you guys in the podcast is just mm. to be able to like sit down and, and talk about it. Because at the moment, all I could talk about is cool mechanics and stuff. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, I mean, I... Sorry, go on. No, go on. I was just, just going to say this, this, you know, there's, so, there's a plethora of games still out there to play um, yeah. that I've got to catch up on. And also then, PlayStation Plus have just dropped the Rise of the Tomb Raider there as well, haven't they? So uh, I'm probably going to play that one next, I reckon. Yeah. And I've got that Man Eater as well, because I know, Cal, you liked that, didn't you? Oh, I loved it. I loved mm. it. Not not only because it's a shark, but because it was you playing as a shark. Mm. <laughs> but no, like okay. I, I love the whole game. But again, it's not BAFTA winning or anything mm. like that. It's, it's not a war genre-breaking, but... Yeah, it was lovely, brilliant game. Like just to, to have a laugh, have a bit of fun. It's great. Is it in your top, about... top five shark games? Oh, it's my it's my number one shark game. Number one shark game. Um, second is Jaws Unleashed. Um, <laughs> but going back to you saying about whether to get Cyberpunk, like I, my biggest bugbear with anything is spoilers, and I fucking hate mm. spoilers. And even more, if you are a, a person who spoils things, I fucking hate it. Mm. And that's my biggest worry with anything. And that's my biggest fear is 
things being spoiled for me. Um, in that sense, for you, Gav, I would say if you've lasted this long not playing the game and you've, you're happy to wait, I would say wait until the PS5 version is, uh, is out and then go for that. Like, I feel if you if you I think I will, yeah. yeah. And you've happily wait, I think you'll be you'll be fine. I think mm. you'll be okay. Um but just be careful because there are twats out there. Um you see how passionate I feel about this because I I it's my biggest hate. Um and yeah. Like I'd, I'd say, like we always fire. put about sixty spoiler warnings in when we ever put spoilers in our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it ain't me. Skip ahead to minute, it. two minute thirty. <laughs> <laughs> but I always have um, to run it past Cal. I'm like, are you going to play this, Cal? Probably not. Okay, cool. Can you say the time at this point so that people <laughs> skip ahead if they haven't played it? Because I really want to talk about it. Do you know? What? I don't think it's I a have. really difficult thing with running a, a, a gaming <laughs> podcast is when people haven't played the game. That you want to talk about. <laughs> you can still talk about it. You just don't say major bits. That's all. But anyway, that's uh, that's what I've been playing. Wiggy. It's, it's down to just you. talked about it playing? a bit. Um, I've been playing the same thing that I was playing at the Christmas special. I'm a bit like Gav. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've not racked up like 170 hours like Gav, though. I've racked up 110 hours on Cyberpunk. Um and that's across two characters. So I, my first character I played when I went in there, I mentioned the Christmas specials, I won't go into more detail about it, but um, I came from the tabletop RPG and the one thing I loved about the tabletop RPG was being a hacker. So as soon as I went straight into Cyberpunk, the first thing I built was a Netrunner. I was like, I'm gonna be a Netrunner. I'm gonna smash intelligence stat. I'm gonna have big cyber, like a cyber deck, gonna have all the software I need. It's gonna be great. Um, or quick hacks, as they call them in, in Cyberpunk. So I did that playthrough, um, and I completed the game, got one of the endings, because there's five endings to the game. So I got one of the endings. Um, technically, I actually encountered two of the endings. Uh, the first ending was accidental, because I clicked on the wrong conversation piece. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, and it's a rather abrupt ending. I'll, I'll tell you that. So look out for that so you don't make the same mistake when you're playing the game. I won't say what happens, but <laughs> you get to a bit, and if you choose the wrong conversation bit, that's it. You're done. I will say one thing about that harrowing ending, though. So after every ending, this is not a spoiler, after every ending, you get phone calls. So in the credit sequence, there are phone calls from all of the NPCs that you have befriended, and the phone calls are based, like the detail in the phone calls is based on how your relationship with them progressed in the game. So if you've gone through and completed someone's quest cycle and become their best friend or dated them, then they get certain dialogue in that end bit. If you've only done like one of the person's missions, which I had done in the accidental ending, then you just get something quite quick and abrupt, but they, they like everyone calls you basically. The abrupt ending was fucking harrowing watching that credit sequence because it like let's just say someone who's dealt with and deals with on a daily basis mental health issues and depression and has been to some dark places okay it was like having phone calls from your loved ones after that 
So I'll just say that. So try and avoid the accidental ending. But if you want to see those dialogue options, go for the accidental ending. Um, so yeah, that was really harrowing. And I was sat there watching the credits like, I can't fast forward this. Fucking hell. Oh my God, this is dark. Um, but it kind of reinvigorated me as well. It was really weird. It was like, yeah, I couldn't do that. That couldn't be my mum. Jesus, couldn't do that. So yeah, um, so that's the interesting one. And then I did one ending. Um, again, I won't say what happens, uh, but I chose one particular route. So I've gone down that. Um, and then when you play the game, you get a point of no return save. So the game actually says to you, after this point, it will close all the gigs that you've got open. It will fail, like it basically close failed any gigs you haven't finished. Because once you go through this point, that's the end game. So it does a save there anyway, which was lucky because that allowed me to avoid the accidental ending because I went across that point and then accidentally ended it. Um, and so I went back and then I was like, actually, do you know what? Now I've got a feel for the game. Now I know the sorts of things you can do and the perks because there are a fuck ton of perks. Some of them are pointless. You'll see memes about them eventually. Um, but like some of the perks, some of the ways you can be, like some of the fighting styles, some of the stuff you can do. I was like, cool. So I've played sneaky Netrunner. Like my hacking is insane. So I've got that save now. I'm a corpo from my beginning. So I was a corpo Netrunner, gone through the game, hacking, sneaking. That's cool. So this playthrough, I went, do you know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be a nomad, but fuck stealth. I'm not going to have any of the cool attribute. I'm not going to take any of the stealth stuff. And I'm not going to have any of the hacking stuff or intelligence stuff. The three attributes I'm going with are body, reflexes, which is like you're shooting and your blades, bodies, you're punching, athletics, and, and annihilation, which is a pretty cool perk tree, which is basically heavy machine guns and shit. It's Terminator. Basically, the annihilation skill tree. If you're thinking about it, if you want to be Terminator, that's the skill tree you take. Um, and then also tech ability, because I decided that this time I wanted to play with crafting because I didn't do that on the first playthrough. And literally, I have not done any of the options. So sometimes on missions, they're like, optional, stay undetected. No. Literally, I rock up. In, I've got a muscle car now, which is just sick. I rock up. I find like either the front door or like a decent entrance where because of my high body stat, I can rip gates off and just throw them to the side. Find my entrance, get out my sniper rifle, pick off a few people first of all, and then pop my gorilla arms, which are basically just exactly what they say on the tin. They're metal reinforced like boxing arms and just go to town. Um, and I've got this cyberware mod called Berserk which is insane because, and this brings me to the point that I wanted to do just before we finish up on what I've been playing. The other day I was driving along uh, an overpass basically on the highway and a crime broke out below the, um, uh, underneath the underpass. And it's quite a huge drop by it. But I pulled up in the highway, pissing off every driver behind me, but fuck them. Like did a fucking handbrake turn got out mid handbrake turn. So it finished handbrake turn. So I got out, leapt over the barricade, activated Berserk. And when you activate Berserk, one of the things you can do with Berserk is the superhero landing, where you basically land and cause like a mini shockwave. 
So I jumped over the barricade, activated Berserk, landed in this group of criminals who were assaulting this poor woman and just fucking obliterated them. And the woman after was like, oh, thank you. I thought I was going to die. And I was like, that is how awesome this fucking game could be because I just did it in one fluid motion. And the thing that really upset me is that I did the like go back 30 seconds to record it but the file corrupted, which is a bit annoying. Apparently it's a known issue. So like, I need to try and do that again, but it would never be off the cuff because it literally was, I was on the phone to one of the other NPCs. You put the phone down as well, which is hilarious. It's like, uh, I gotta go. And then you pick it up later on. But I was like, I gotta go. Jumped off the thing, obliterated these guys. It was just like, this is sick. So yeah, my current playthrough, I'm just full cyberwed like mercenary. And I don't take shit. And I've reached 50 street cred, which is the maximum street cred now. Um, so I'm pretty powerful and pretty much everyone knows me because the dialogue options change as your street cred goes up. That's another really cool thing. Dialogue changes. So if you spent the game like on a really low street cred, um, say you were just doing all the main story missions and not actually doing another plot, um, then people won't say stuff. But now people are like, I know you, you're V. I'm like, yeah. And because my body stat is really large as well, I could threaten people, which is even better because it's like, you're not coming in here. Look at me. Look at these arms. Look at this gun. Are you going to stop me from coming in? And they're like, all right, go in. <laughs> so yeah, Cyberpunk's what I've been playing. I have been playing something else, but I won't go into that because it'll just take forever. So, so um, just to clarify, you've been playing Cyberpunk this week? I have, yeah. Lovely. Thank you very much. Um, well, that concludes. <laughs> you may guess that I am super passionate about this game. Like, you definitely are. I, I definitely it. are. And I the, when I when I finish it, we'll have loads more to talk about. Um, but for now, uh, well, let's move on. So we're now on send news, which we I thought we were going to go to on the previous one, but it's not. It's now here. Uh, Gav, do you want to give us a little? It has to be quite sensual. Little little jingle for this one. It's the news. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so send news. So I just I I grab a couple of little things that have interested me over the over the last week or so. Um, or just the last headlines that have appeared in the last 24 hours, maybe. Um, now, I picked up three, four, four little headlines. Um, uh, so I'll just read them out, and then you guys can see what you think. So the first one is more for me, because I'm quite excited about this. Uh, but Comic Book uh, reports that Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War teases a new Zombies DLC. So there was a tweet made by Treyarch Studios, which simply read, Checks calendar. Oh, hey, 115 day is next week. See you soon, hashtag zombie fans. And that's it. Now, I'm quite excited for that because I like the zombies mode. Uh, the zombies mode on Cold War is actually really, really good. I really liked it. It's only one map at the minute, which is a bit of a shame, but it's very, very enjoyable. So I'm looking forward to any DLC that's coming out. I know you guys aren't big fans of Call of Duty or the zombies mode or anything like that. So I will move on to the next um, 
news article. So GameSpot reports that Halo Infinite designer leaves to join the Darksiders studio. So the Halo Infinite developer Colby Payne has officially left the studio. What a name. On, I know, it's awesome. Colby Payne. Um, if I've pronounced that name wrong, I'm so sorry. Uh, but on January the 7th was his last working day for 343, 343 Studios. And he's <laughs> and he's now taken a position at Darksiders Studios, Gunfire Games. Um, so he was a campaign level designer uh, and gameplay designer on Halo Infinite from April 2019 to January 2021. And uh, apparently Halo Infinite has gone through a fair amount of staff turnover in recent years. But Xbox boss Phil Spencer says that this is nothing out of the ordinary. Now, of course, he's going to say that. But to me, that's just more alarm bells that Halo Infinite is going to be... It's it's just going to be a, a, a shit show. I really it's, can see it. It's gone back like two development stages, isn't it? Oh the, yeah. I said they've they've actually you know removed a launch date and taken it back several development stages. So the thing I would say is I think it was going to be a shit show, but thankfully, I think Phil Spencer and everyone realised that it was going to be a shit show, and I've gone back to the drawing board. Um, yeah, but to see, make but changes to see, graphically and stuff. Yeah, but to see those major developers go, you know, like part way through. That can't be good yeah, signs. All, You've got to have some warning bells. For all we know, for all we know, campaign's done. Do you know what I mean? It'd be like me being project manager on the shard, and then putting the the crop up, and me putting the design in, and then going cool. So I'm actually moving over to a new architect's now. Good luck. You know, I've done my work. Might not be good, but at the same time, playing devil's advocate, it could just be as Phil Spencer says. Normal turnover. Nah, to it, it, like I say, to me, it, it just seems odd. It just seems not a very good sign because uh, you'd want to stay and see the reaction of your game, and you'd want to get the, you know, the 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 praise and things like that for for making your game, and to just leave it and then hand it all over. Your your name's not going to be mentioned in that, probably. Well, it will not going to be mentioned in the credits like that. Yeah, well, it will because legally you have to. It depends what sort of deal you remember though, is that there were several Bungie staff who were on the credits of Halo 4, didn't even like do much work on it no. because they had to. That's fair enough. So, so, yeah, I, I played Devil's Advocate. I think, like I say, and again, it's my personal opinion. Obviously, you've got your opinion. I think we've talked about this before as well. Is that Based on how much investment Phil Spencer and Microsoft are are flinging into Xbox right now, and the fact that Halo Infinite was going to be a launch title and now doesn't have a launch date suggests to me that they've caught it. You know, it's not like they've released a game and then they've had to try and save it by fixing it, like Anthem. You know, they've gone, okay, this game... Well, to be fair, with Cyberpunk, it was kind of between... <laughs> Cyberpunk's like between Anthem and, and and Halo Infinite in that CD Projekt Red were like, oh, this isn't working, so we're going to delay it. This isn't working, so we're going to delay it. This isn't working, so we're going to delay it. We're going to launch it. Fuck, we didn't do enough work on previous-gen consoles. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas Sorry, Phil Spencer turns around and goes, well, not just Phil Spencer, obviously them as well um, at 343 have gone, okay, A, we released a video, wasn't received well. B, this wasn't received well either. You know, C, we expressed, you know, we told the community what the game was going to be doing, like what the purpose of the game was. And that wasn't well received. This game isn't going to be well received. So we're going to remove it from our launch slate, which has taken a big hit financially as well. You know, that's a huge risk. And we're also not going to give it a launch date now. And I think I'd, I'd like to be really positive about that because that is a business decision that's cost a lot of fucking money. But they've made it because the gamers that were going to be playing the game went, this is, yeah, this is, you know, we're not going to play this. It's shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's why I'm quite positive. Yeah. And you'd I'm never get that say... from EA. You would never get that from EA. <laughs> no. No. I could, I, yeah, it just still sends alarm bells for me then, that one of your main des- campaign level and gameplay designers would leave halfway through the project. Yeah, all right, we don't know if they have finished the campaign. Um, I think they are still working on the campaign, personally, from what needed to be done. And to the release date, I think a lot of that, they're going to split into two teams, at least. Um, one to do the multiplayer and one to do the campaign. But to go to a studio that... I, I mean, I don't know any other games that Gunfire Games have done other than Darksiders. And I, I didn't even know who developed Darksiders, to be honest. And they've released three games? And... Four. Four. And I don't know how... I, I don't know how well they've sold. So to jump from... Darksiders is with a, a big name, very good... Um a very good IP. Um, And to be fair, Gunfire Games is owned by THQ Nordic. Don't forget that. Um, So THQ Nordic are quite big from a point of view. Mm. And I'm just, I'm excited to see what this guy will do with the Darksiders IP. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, Because yeah, it's just... It's good. Well, moving on, because uh, I'm a little bit conscious of the time, because it's getting late here in uh, podcast world, and all of us are getting very sleepy, I would imagine. Um, so I've got two more stories left. So the next one was also by GameSpot. The Switch Pro will have an OLED screen, data miner claims. Um, so the next Switch console will supportedly have an upgraded display in the form of an OLED screen. However, Scry's M, as he's called, or they are called, rather, noted that the display will likely not be a higher resolution when in handheld mode and that the 4K chip will be located in the dock itself uh, rather than the tablet. So that means you'll only be able to play 4K when the Switch is docked. Now, this has come from rumours and obviously the data mines now. This isn't factual, as such, this is still speculation in a way. Um, but I think this is quite a good source. I think this person's been quite good in the past, pretty spot on. Um, but yeah, I'd be up for a Switch Pro. I'd, I'd go as far to say, like, 
if I didn't have a PS5 by the time the Switch Pro comes out, I'll probably end up getting a Switch Pro over the PS5 because I love my Switch. And to have it like 4K, hopefully with a little bit more power in it as well, you know, that'll be that'll be beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. To be fair, being that I've got a PC, Switch, I'd probably be in the same boat, to be honest. If yeah. it came out and I still didn't have a PS5, I'd probably go for that. Um, yeah. Because I'm still, we've talked about that as well. I'm still, there's there's only one game I want on PS5 and that's just not enough for me to yeah. rush to the market to buy one. Mm, there's a what niche. About, yeah. What about you, Gav? Are you, are you thinking of getting a Switch? Uh, Any nah. point have you thought of one? Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't have enough time uh, to uh, play as many games as I wish to anyway. Um, so... Uh, the days of me having more than one console really i mean we do have a uh uh an xbox uh running warzone constantly in the house as well so if i ever needed to uh jump <laughs> across i just uh I'd go in the boys room and uh and and accost his xbox um but no no i probably wouldn't uh purely because the, the for me i've always been a sony fanboy uh, I really have. I've always, I've always just loved uh, the experience from uh, the PlayStation. So I will avidly stick with that. I think uh, yeah. then I couldn't, I couldn't uh, justify it. To be fair, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Now, oh, very quick interruption. Remnant from the Ashes. That's the other gunfire game I was thinking of. How did they do that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize they did Remnant. I've got Remnant. That's, yeah, that's quite a good one. Huh. All right, okay, give them that. Um, so the final one is the one that's got me most excited at the minute, which uh, The Verge reported, and it was Nintendo to acquire Luigi's Mansion developer Next Level Games. Now, the reason I am excited about this is because Next Level Games um, are probably best known for developing the second and, la- uh, second and third Luigi's Mansion games, Luigi's Mansion 3 in particular is one of the more technically advanced games on the Switch with impressive animation and physics. But other next-level developed Nintendo projects include Super Mario Strikers titles uh, on the GameCube and the Wii, Metroid Prime Federation Force, and the Wii reboot of Punch-Out. They're the one that I'm most excited with there is Super Mario Strikers. That, whether you like football or not, is the best football game of all time i don't care what you say even if you don't like mario and you love football it is the best football game ever it's so much fun and i pray that they bring that back in some way shape or form especially for the switch that would just be beautiful on the switch playing it in handheld mode playing it normal i don't know if any of you have ever played the strikers games no i'll be well up for it though mate oh it's very un-Mario in a lot of ways, especially with charged football, um, because with that, like you, you can do slide tackles, but you can punch people out of the way into electric fences, and it's horrible in a way. Like You punch them into an electric fence, and you just see them getting fried mm. while you just run off with the ball and stuff like that. Like It, it, is, a, it is a darker Mario game. It reminds game. me of the, um, a game from back in, back in the late 90s called Speedball. I think that had a couple mm. of um, re uh, reduxes over the years as well. Um, yeah. Very like futuristic uh, 
ball arena sort of game where yeah. a little bit of violence was involved in. Yeah. Oh, it's it's just it was just brilliant, and I, I like I say, I hope they they either just remaster or best of all bring a new one on, bring a new one onto this onto the Switch. Um, that'd be lovely. But yeah, that was that's uh, the last of the news. What do you guys think? Interesting. Yeah, there was some mm. news in there. There's a couple of bits of news. A bit of news, sir. Just some news. I think we should move on. I think so. Final thing before we go is what we're looking forward to this week. Now, I'm just going to say my game of what I'm looking forward to this week, which is Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game, complete edition. It's coming out on the Switch uh, and also the PS4, I think, and the Xbox One, I think, as well. I'm getting it on the Switch. It released back on the Xbox 360 and the PS3 during the time that Scott Pilgrim came out, because it's the 10th anniversary last year, they have remastered the game by Ubisoft. It's a side-scrolling beat-em-up, very similar to Streets of Rage and Final Fight, stuff like that, but it's set in the Scott Pilgrim universe. It takes a lot of inspiration from the books rather than the movie. Um, but oh, like it's, it's just a beautiful beat-em-up. It feels punchy, fantastic soundtrack. The soundtrack alone is worthy of the game. Um, it's worthy of playing the game, sorry. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm going to be playing this week, and I cannot wait. What about you guys? I'm going to be eagerly rinsing through uh, January's PlayStation Plus games. Uh, so for me, Rise of the Tomb Raider, old game, never got around to playing it last time, so I'll be jumping in on that. Very nice. I've not played that yet. I might have to give that a go on the PS Plus stuff. And Wiggy, what about you? What are you going to be playing this week, man? So <clears throat> I am going to be playing. I'm just trying. I was trying to figure out what the date was because I wanted to. It's getting quite close, but um, well, to be fair, it will probably be before the next podcast. So Hitman Three is out on the twentieth, and I cannot wait for that. So this week, I'm probably going to pick up. Uh, Hitman, not pick it up, I've got it but you know, pick up the controller on, on Hitman 2 um, and just go through some of the missions again. I'm quite excited because this time I'm going to get it on PC um, and when you get it, you get the remastered versions of Hitman 1 and Hitman 2 as well which is cool, so you get all of those missions um, and yeah, I just think it's going to be it's going to be really good. I'm interested by the fact it's coming out on the Stadia as well I didn't, I Google are really kind of egging that out <laughs> mm. they definitely are and cyberpunk's apparently the best way to play uh is on stadia which is quite quite a, quite a milestone for them um so yeah that's a little bit about what we what we're going to be playing in the following week you can hear a little bit more about what we're what our thoughts are uh in the next episode but for now i think that brings us to an end don't you think guys is there it anything does. that you wanted to add before we go this is the end. Please my don't get COVID. Friend. Please don't get COVID. Please don't get COVID, my friends. Hey. <laughs> and that Amazing. was an advert brought to you by <laughs> Gav. Well, support your NHS. Stay at home. For all of you who are regular listeners, please follow us on Twitter at pod underscore mega. Um, we've also got a Facebook page, which is some for some reason called The Mega Squad Pod rather than Mega Squad Pod. 
but uh, uh, because I tried Mega Squad Pod and it wouldn't let me, so I had to. Oh, fair enough. Sling a little butt in. So <laughs> join the Mega Squad Pod on Facebook, uh, where you can leave comments and uh, answer any questions that, uh, or ask any questions that you want to ask us. And also, we've got an email address, which is uh, Mega Squad Pod at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for joining us, Gav. Thank you. And bye-bye. Take care.